Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Explore Traveler Show. Your host, John Gentry, coming to you these days from the far north, sometimes the southwest, and sometimes the Pacific Northwest, depending on where I happen to be traveling at the time. I, I think today I wanted to touch base on some elements that I found within the article about feral people possibly people were asking questions is there like dangerous feral people in national parks and when i did that research i came across some interesting documents and i and i think people don't understand that those documents basically point to the cordoning off of our wilderness areas and the removal of our access to additional wilderness areas and it's and it's a plan right and so it's kind of a form of what i would call um environmental fascism right and this is a concept that's been around actually a long time um and people will be pretty surprised that the environmental Green Party movement out of Europe and in the United States, you know, it has its roots, right, in, some people call it green communism, but I think really, if you look at how it really got its powerful start, it was a part of the National Socialist Party. It was... A, a, a tenet within inside the Nazi regime, right? And so you have to understand that fast forward all the way today and a lot of that ideology that was within inside what most of us would we consider kind of an evil ideology, right? It's alive and well today, but it exists within inside of world governments, right? They just had a, a a climate summit, right? And at this climate summit, they're basically they're saying that they're going to blame every single thing on climate change. Well, climate change is real, absolutely is real. The question is, you know, can we really stop the planet, planet's climate from changing? Personally, no, I don't think so. Can we prevent ourselves from polluting the planet? Absolutely. And we should, right? We have a responsibility for planetary stewardship, right? I mean, I I believe we do have that responsibility. But they're trying to label every single thing connected to climate change. And I even heard recently some people saying that COVID is now connected to climate change. So I know I kind of said a bad word here to be talking about it on a podcast, and hopefully I don't get uh, banned from another channel for mentioning what is the obvious, but it doesn't matter. I mean, today we have to understand that censorship is real, and it does exist. And so if that happens, then... I guess I'll have to start a new podcast because this one will be uh, shut down. 
Uh, so anyway, I want people to think about and go onto that article about feral humans in national parks and look at some of the documentation that I found from the United Nations. And if you read that, you'll see that around the world, whole areas of the planet are being cordoned off. And it appears to be an international treaty of some kind. I don't know if in the United States, if the Senate ratified this treaty under the, the United Nations. Um, but if we're abiding by it, I would assume that they did. Uh, because if they didn't, then it would be considered, I guess, illegal, technically. But uh, with everything else that's illegal going on these days, uh, I don't think that's necessarily going to stop them. So, you know, one of the reasons why I've been focusing on national parks and national forests and national monuments is I'm trying to bring to the attention that people that we have this amazing legacy here in the United States and a lot of countries have similar, you know, park systems. Um, there is these amazing places that have been set up for us to enjoy and for us to observe nature, for us to learn from it. For us to help preserve biodiversity within inside the, the Earth's environment, right? Um, there is a lot of things that can happen that are human-induced. I mean, we've seen nuclear weapons uh, set off for testing and in warfare. We've seen um, biological weapons used in warfare. We've seen any number of things that humans have done that definitely hurt the environment you know there's areas of the ocean that where there's like these giant floating plastic islands right just discarded plastic that'll be there forever uh, well maybe not forever but a very long time right so i mean i think we do need to clean some of this up i like to think that our focus would be on climate adaptation and on learning to live with these changes as our ancestors have in the past. Um, you know, people like to use very small data sets to prove their environmental, I think, uh, you know, know-how. But the reality is um, people are using a, such a short amount of data that they discard all the other data that we have, right? We have a tremendous amount of uh, international weather data from around the world. There's evidence that some areas of the Arctic are, are warming, and there's also evidence that some areas of the Arctic are cooling. So it just kind of depends on which area you're going to, but the climate is changing. Um, I think humans play a role in that to a certain extent because we have always tried to manipulate our environment, right? I mean, we cut down trees to make farmland. I mean, that's an example. Does that have an impact on the environment? Of course it does. Does it have an impact on the environment when you cut down rainforests down in, you know, Brazil? Of course it does. Does it have an impact on the environment of, you know, North America and Northern Europe when the tundra is melting and gases are released from that tundra? Well, of course. Yes, it does. But are we going to stop that? And is that a natural cycle of the planet that we should be living with inside, right? So I guess I, when I come from 
you know, climate change, I come to it from a pollution reduction standpoint. And I'd like to see us concentrate on pollution instead trying to demonize uh, all of humanity for every single thing that happens in the climate. Um, I mean, sunspots come, sunspots go. That is a way bigger um, connection to our environment than, you know, than anything we can do as human beings, right? So I'm not denying that it exists because it does exist, because it's always existed, and that's never going to change. And we need to be very good stewards. And so that's one of the reasons why I love national parks is it shows that we have the ability to use our environment and be a good steward of that environment. And so national parks is my example for that. Uh, I think in the United States, the federal government actually does a fairly decent job. Now, does, there, does that mean that there's things that are still going on in national parks and national monuments that have nothing to do with it being a national park? Yep, it does. I've seen, I've hiked around, and if you watch some of my videos on YouTube on Explore Traveler channel, you'll see that I have deliberately less, left stuff in the, in the foreground for you to see, or I've even mentioned things like weather stations, um, I've seen government um, satellites in remote areas. So is the federal government doing different forms of um, science and experimentation other than the environment within inside these national parks? Yes, of course they are. What are they doing? I have no clue. But when you have a giant satellite that's clearly pointed straight up into the sky and pointed at other, you know, I mean, sorry, a satellite dish pointed to a satellite, it's pretty clear that you're uploading data and you've created a comm link out in the middle of nowhere for a purpose, right? And if you're going to have that large of a comm link, that means you got a pretty large amount of people. So it's just a fact, right? Not everything that goes on in national parks is for the benefits of the environment. I mean, a lot of times it's used to hide stuff. And so, you, you know, someone that's exploring and traveling around the world you, you notice these kinds of things, right? Areas where less human interaction happens are these massive uh, national parks. And with inside that system, you're going to see a lot of very remote government activity. And they don't always want us talking about it, but it still exists. And they're not going to deny that it exists. They just, you know, they don't want you taking photos of it. And, I, and, I, and for the most part, I don't. Um, I'm not wanting to, that's not the subject of, you know, I would say my, my travel content, so I don't focus on it. So let's take this opportunity with travel restrictions being what they are, okay, and them not being what they are in regards to other areas, and let's get out and let's explore some of these areas before they may be taken from us. And if you don't go out and explore them, you won't be able to appreciate what you've lost. So you can't fight. It's very difficult to fight for something that you've never experienced. And so once you experience 
you know, these beautiful national parks within inside the Pacific Northwest or the Southwest. I mean, wherever. There's, they're all over the United States. All over, There's huge national parks in Alaska. Um, and some of them, they exist where, and there's, there's not a single human, you know, within, I don't know, 500 miles, right? So it just sort of depends on where you go. But there's some very remote areas. And you can go to these areas. You can hike into parts of the Brooks Range. Where you can literally possibly be walking tundra where not a single human has ever walked. It is possible. You can stumble across mammoth bones, right? We still find mammoths up there still today, preserved in the tundra. So there's a lot of opportunity to explore some really beautiful places. And so kind of getting back to my opening little monologue slash rant is I want people to pay very close attention to our access to these places, right? And when you start hearing politicians talk about restricting our access to these places, you need to call them and you need to tell them, no, they do not have the right to take away our access to these places. Do they have a right to help, you know, create reasonable rules and reasonable regulations for the prevention of pollution on these places? Yes, they do. And they should, right? We shouldn't be littering all over a national park. Actually, we shouldn't be littering anywhere for that matter. But, you know, people do need to understand that if they get caught by a a park ranger and they're like polluting the environment, they're going to get a fine, right? I think that's fair. You know, whatever you bring in, you should pack out. You should stay on the trails. Um, you shouldn't be out, you know, cutting down the wilderness for your campfires and stuff like that. These days, we've got tremendous amounts of technology. You don't even have to have a campfire at night. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have gone to a national park and didn't have a campfire. And still enjoyed myself and watched the stars and the, and the shooting stars and the different things within the different elements of the environment. And, and I interact with that environment by watching owls. Uh, heck, I even saw, I call them night birds, but basically they're bats, right? So the bats are flying around in the southwest at night. They come out and they're looking for bugs. And um, they're a part of the ecosystem. And what happens at night is just as important as what happens in the day. We have a 24 by 7 ecosystem and it all kind of works together to provide, you know, a balance of life on this planet that we also in, exist on and interact with. So let's keep a strong focus on what we have. Let's use it responsibly and let's not let uh, these uh, environmental fascists take this away from us because that is what they want to do. They want to they want to take every human being and shove them into a controlled city. That's what they want. Um, you know, when they talk about, you know, passing rules against the food supply and stuff like that in order to protect the environment, well, really the reality is is they want to control your food supply because if they can control your food supply, they can control you, right? They don't necessarily want all of us that are free-spirited out running around and enjoying ourselves out in the wilderness and being able to do so in a sustainable fashion 
that doesn't damage the environment. I mean, that doesn't fit whatever focus or narrative that they want to, you know, put upon us today, right? So, you know, I mean, right now it's it's an early, I would call it early winter. I mean, it's, it is November. I mean, I, I consider it early winter. And I'm in the Pacific Northwest and it's raining a lot, so I'm not getting as much um, done. Uh, I think the rain probably... Uh, makes me not feel like riding as much and I'm going to try to step it up and I'm looking forward to uh, getting some great uh, Alaska content in the winter hopefully in December and get that out there Um, some more uh, the Juno stuff the Juno videos are just like hugely popular and you know I want to show people that I think next year if possible I'd like to get to one of the glaciers there to be able to um, see it before, you know, part, a lot of it melts during the summer and it's pretty cool and you can get pretty close to it. It is melting, you know, slowly. It's a huge glacier field, so it's not going to melt in my lifetime. It would have to take like a, I don't know, an asteroid or a meteor hit. It's like really huge glacier field. But the area that you hike to, um, it's getting to the point where you have to um, probably almost use ropes to get down to it, which would be a lot of fun, but not very practical. It's a difficult hike, and um, you almost need to spend the night out there one time. So uh, let's see. Let's move forward real quick, and let's get into some travel news. And so I am hearing that as of the moment, if you've had a covid shot in your international you can fly possibly drive into the united states now um i'm talking about legally not referring to the illegal alien situation on the u.s mexican border that's a whole different conversation i'm referring to those of us that like to travel in and out of the country and if you're not an american citizen um i think you are going to have this requirement Now, I know that in other countries, the requirements are different. If you can show that you had COVID and now you have antibodies from COVID, that that is also considered acceptable. But you got to like really look at the rules and determine what those rules are and what you can and cannot do. The last thing I want is someone to spend, you know, $1,000 on a plane ticket and they get here and they're standing in line for two hours and they're saying, nope, you don't have the shot that we want. You know, say you got the shot, I don't know, the Russian version or Chinese version or the Brazilian version. And they say, nope, you got to have the Pfizer version, right? So take those into consideration. Make sure to do your travel research. I mean, these are visas and... You know, I've been required to get different shots to travel before. Uh, I am careful on how many my family and I have put into our bodies. I don't believe it's necessary to um, damage our immune system, right? So we do have to be somewhat cognizant of that. We just don't want to go around and just take a shot, 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 shot. Because, you know, every government has a series of shots that they'd love to give you. And if you start doing that for every single one... You know, you're going to make yourself sick. So do your research well. 
look on the different embassy websites. I think that is probably your best resource. If you're coming into the United States, um, the embassy uh, for your country here will have travel information. Um, I have seen that when I look at the embassy, say, in Germany or France, etc., I've noticed that um, those particular uh, areas, those, those websites are very well documented, right? So I think that's enough for today. Um, and, and I look forward to, you know, I, I do look at the comments. I try to keep this around 20 minutes. Um, sometimes I go a little long if I get a little, you know, chatty. But um, let's, let's get out there. Let's explore the different areas of the planet. Let's protect our environment through not adding to the pollution, right? And let's make sure that we look at what the rules are for travel internationally and sometimes domestically, right? Interdomestic travel sometimes is an issue as well. So until next time, travel on, everyone.